Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com/weightloss. That's plushcare.com/weightloss. I'm Richie Firth and I hack travel because I am Richie Firth travel hacker. Welcome to another Richie Firth Travel Hacker podcast, a chance for you to sit in a relaxed environment and hear future plans for future journeys that will save time and your life. Why the hell are we here? Are you asking me that, Rich? Yes, I am. Uh, hi. Are you going to introduce me? Well, if people have heard four podcasts already, they know who you are. Always nice to be inclusive. This is Chris. Uh, this is Chris, who uh, comes along on my travel hacks. Uh, his primary function <laughs> is to fact check. He doesn't do that very well. Uh, is to carry bags, carry microphones, and generally get in the way. It's a pleasure to be with you, Rich. Thank you for coming. As you know, I'm your biggest fan. Why are we here? Well, I, I hate to say, but the audience has requested um, what I can only describe as a fallout show. <laughs> Um, uh, so, so two two hacks in. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it, I've been pleasantly surprised with the volume of interaction. Me too. Although there have been more questions than answers. I find that insulting. Why? It, sure, surely it's good that people want to know what's going on inside your head. <laughs> I, I feel it insulting that you've called us here for this show. We're only two hacks in. We're only four episodes into this, this podcast series. I feel that the hacks that have been presented have been presented with solutions mm. and that there is no need for the questioning. I'm not saying that there's an ambiguity to your language, Richie, but just as you took me into this room, you told me you were going to show me your addendum. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. Look... Take us through what these questions are. What are your issues? What are we, what are we here for? I, I, I feel that I've achieved so far great things. I've called myself a visionary many, many times, and I still stand by that. So present me with your evidence. We'll come to the visionary bit in a moment. Shall we start with episodes one and two, mm. which was... Um, me hacking the M25. You ha- so, so first of all... I don't want to come across as defensive, but I feel like I am being. So there, were, there was an element of international listenership to the show. Yeah. So I think there were some questions around, uh, and, and maybe people who don't live in the London area were, what's the big deal about the M25? Well, that's not my fault. I know it's not your fault, but I'm offering you the opportunity. Here we go. It's an easy win for you. Yeah. Open goal. 
Richie, what's the big deal with the M25? Well, the M25 is a circular orbital motorway that goes around London. It's around about... See, I haven't got these facts to hand. It's around about 100... And, it's either 114 or 117 miles long. I, I think long. they want context, not stats. OK, all right. The context of it... Stats would be useful. The, <laughs> the context of the M25 is that because it circles the largest city in the United Kingdom and because we are an overpopulated isle anyway, Way, mm. it gets very, very busy. People will get holed up, people will get stressed by it, it becomes into the national vernacular of being a stressful road to be on. The point of my travel hack was to show that you don't need to fear the M25, it is possible to drive the whole thing in under two hours. Now, I know you've been hauled in for this Fallout show, but I actually <laughs> Can agree... Can we call it a moratorium? Okay. I know we've been hauled in for your moratorium, but... Um, is moratorium the right word? It is. Doesn't say someone it, die if it's a moratorium? I, I don't know. I mean, where, what's the difference between a moratorium and an addendum? I don't... When an addendum is something that's added on. Carry on. Um... I agree with everything you've just said. Thank you. You're very defensive, yeah. but you haven't said a word here. That I think you've been informative, and, and I think you've given value and context, which I think is what the audience were after. Yes. So, so sh- shall we move on? Yep. What was the point? <laughs> the point, I've just explained. The point was to take away fear. Fear is something in life that stops you from doing things, all right? If you fear the M25, you might not go and visit Aunt Vera at the weekend. You might not go and watch your favourite football team in an away match. Don't fear the M25, just tackle it at a different time. So is what... Okay, so that's what you're saying. The hack isn't to drive all the way round the M25, you can do it in under two hours. The hack is pick your moment. Nobody needs to drive around... The entire M25. Don't we know it? (laughs) (laughs) The most that you would ever need to do is at least 55% of it. (laughs) Okay, yeah. All right? So if I can do the whole M25 in under two hours, you can do a feasible journey, which is 55% of it, in one hour, five minutes. Don't get stuck on the 55%, Rich. Someone's going to question that, and we're going to have a fallout to the fallout (laughs) show. (laughs) All right, if they're going to be obnoxious people like that, I'll tell you straight (laughs) up, don't bother, it ain't happening. (laughs) Okay. So, okay, we're settled on that. So, uh, should should we go to some very specific feedback here, then? Um, this is one you'll like, actually. This was from Mark. This was on Twitter. Right. Mm-hmm. Something occurred to me about the M25 challenge. Mm-hmm. How much longer would it have taken to drive clockwise rather than anti-clockwise, given that the outer ring is longer? Well, he asks a very good question. You'd have to have a mathematician, someone like Brian Cox or... Um... Physicist. Who's a famous mathematician? What's the name of that bloke that was on... Um, Stephen Hawking. Oh, no, he's dead. Um, there, was a, there was a famous mathematician that was on oh, University Challenge and he's, he's written books and stuff now. What's his name? Dick Sparrow. Bamba Gascoigne. No, he's dead. Is he dead? I don't know. Jeremy was, Paxman. No, there was a mathematician. I'm, I'm sure he's got the... Bobby Seagull. Bobby Seagull. We need him here for that. Right, okay. But anyway, the point being is if I can do it in... What did I do it in? Was it something I wanted? <laughs> <laughs> I did it in under two hours. 
Was it something like one hour fifty-two? Yeah. Yeah. Roughly. I would imagine if you were driving the outer ring, which is slightly longer, you're probably looking at about one hour fifty-three. Okay. That could be our season two opener, Rich. <laughs> I'll say right now, if season two happens, and I hope it will, I would love to open with doing the M25, but the other ring. <laughs> you've, got, you've got to leave off the ring. <laughs> I can see the twinkle in your eye every time you've said it. Okay. <laughs> uh, Glenn, mm-hmm. uh, this is a question to you, but about me. Um, am I an a- an Agent provocateur. That's lingerie. Uh, yes, that's what. I, that was my first reaction. <laughs> um, apparently, I wanted an earlier start time on the M25. Valid reasons, which I think you'll agree. And I booked a train on a vital diver. I think we'll both agree that was nothing to do with me either. And I used the control familiar with M- Manchester, which of course we agree was was the right thing to do. We needed the so, control. We didn't need to have someone whose nan lived in Manchester. Why? Because that's not a control, is it? A control is just someone travelling from Euston to Manchester. For that particular travel hack, which was episode three and four, you booked someone that was familiar with Manchester. All we needed was someone to travel on a train. Now, they then did have to do a journey from the train station to the football ground, all right? And you picked someone who knew Manchester. Did you do the risk assessment? No. So, So, do you think we minimised the risk of sending an intern on their own around Manchester in the dark. There is no risk. knew the city. There is no risk with mobile phones. Because everyone's got a smartphone. Crime's (laughs) gone. Do you remember that? (laughs) Okay. I think you've just answered the question about being an agent provocateur. No. I thought you were going to defend me and you were going to say, no, Chris has always backed me up and always looked out for me. You you backed me up. Do you remember in the playground you'd play that game where you'd get your mate to stand behind you and you'd have to fall back into their arms? I'd catch you every you'd time. Tr- <laughs> and you'd, you'd, you'd trust them. You're that person that would, like, switch it so you'd maybe, what you would do is you would move away at the moment that I'm falling back mm. and instead you might put like um, a wheelbarrow of mouldy apples or something. What? So that I'm still being caught by something but it's not as pleasant. You you are the person who backs someone up with a twinkle in their eye. It's yeah. the best way that I can I describe it. I do back it. you up with a twinkle in my eye. Don't like the twinkle. Right, noted. I don't like the twinkle when you're talking about rings. <laughs> okay. Will, uh, accuses you of hypocrisy for calling out thorough services like that. Mm-hmm. If you recall, I think that your beef was that it's a long way from It is, motorway. you have to come right off the motorway for it. But, but uh, Will argues that South Mims is the same. In fact, Will describes it as a right fucking pain in the arse <laughs> as you have to leave the motorway. And I've got, like, I have, um, we haven't come on to this yet, but I have beef with South Mims, <laughs> and I'm, I'm with Will on this. <laughs> okay, um... This is probably the easiest question to answer so far. Three services on the M25. Uh, South Mims, Thurrock. Four services. My goodness. South Mims, Thurrock, Clackett Lanes, <laughs> as we've already <laughs> yes. discussed. Um, and Cobham, okay? Yes. Four services. Is Cobham the one that burnt down? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's rebuilt now right. just before they sue. Um, Cobham, you slip off, you slip in, you slip out. Okay? Easy. Good services. Clackett Lane. Easily accessible from both the inner 
and the, the outer, outer ring. ring. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> yes. Clackett Lane, slip in, slip out. Great services. Thurrock, as discussed, you have to come right off. It's a faff. There's a shopping centre there. There's an Ikea. Just to get to the services, you could get caught in shopper traffic. Who wants that? Now, what's the name of this bloke? Gav? Uh, Will. Will. Nothing like Gav. <laughs> as the M25 podcast clearly stated, the services of South Mims are the fetus of the M25. That is where it all started from. So it is allowed to be slightly off the motorway because the motorway didn't exist when they started. Like, I don't quite... Let's go back to Margaret Thatcher, all right? Oh, again. She was oh, the lady who had the vision of building London's oh, orbital motorway. just objectionable. They decided that that is going to be the start point. If that's the start, that is the motorway. That's the fetus. Mm-hmm. The embryo. So we're really delighted that this show is being supported by Stitch Fix. It's an online personal styling service that takes the work out of dressing well. But Christopher, how does it work? Well, Richie, they were kind enough to let me have a crack. Oh, right. I think they probably looked at both of us and thought, Richie looks good. Yeah. Chris... Needs to look better. Needs work. That's what they'll have done. Yes, that, that is it. So so I, I went on their uh, website. Mm-hmm. I, I signed up. Mm-hmm. It was actually quite enlightening because I basically had to spend 10 minutes clicking pictures of what my dream me would be. It was like, do you like these shoes or do you like these shirts Ooh, or this. do you like these jackets? So, I, so I, I worked through and it was quite nice not having my wife there because I actually got to pick what you want? clothes I like. So it was obviously I was putting like backwards baseball hats. So and... Stitch Fix are like your wife. No, they're better than my wife. Oh, they don't judge me. That's great for Stitch Fix. Dangerous for your wife to hear. Yeah, she doesn't. She's not going to listen to this, is she? Um, they work out what you're like. Yes. Yeah, and then they send you clothes mm-hmm. however often you want them to send you clothes. Brilliant. You try them on. Mm-hmm. If you think, nah, you send them back. Yeah. If you think, yeah, yeah. you keep them. And buy them. And there's a styling charge of £10. Right. But you get that, any clothes that you choose to buy, yeah. you get that £10 knocked off. That's a good deal. It is a good deal. So so they are sent, so I did this whole thing. They're bloody clever. And they are sending me yeah. the clothes that I need. Yeah. And they are going to be arriving in two days' time. Well, I'll tell you what, let's press the fast forward button right now and see how that delivery goes. Hold me hand. Ouch! Right then, so here it is. Um, I've got a package that's arrived. Hey, blimey. Oh my gosh, there's like, there's loads of stuff in here. Oh, it's a pretty snappy jumper. Very nice. Very good, that's Laura, by the way. Wow, there's like another package. Shirt, fancy. Oh, I like that one. And then, oh, a new pair of jeans. Would you date me? Yes. Deal. Richie, take me back. Where, where are we in time now? <laughs> We're back in the present. We're back in the present. Yeah, back. You can't see now because you're not in the future, but I think in the future I look better. Oh, I'm sure you do. Well, look, if you want to do this, get started with Stitch Fix today and support our podcast uh, by going to stitchfix.co.uk slash travel right now. That's S-T-I-T-C-H-F-I-X dot co dot UK forward slash travel. Tim said he was a little disappointed with this show. You mentioned that uh, 
we were on a completely deserted M25 and then said someone had just undertaken us. Unless they were on the hard shoulder, you must be one of the tossers who sits in the middle lane. Uh, very easy to answer. No matter what motorway I am on, I will always be in the correct lane. Now, there are parts of the M25 where you have got um, supplementary lanes to the inner lane that are correct to be in. So the inner lane might actually be a filter to another motorway. Yes, I understand this. And I think what happened there is I would have been in lane two... And somebody might have been wanting the M11 to shoot up to Cambridge or Saffron Walden or something or other, and that's what would have happened. That's not what happened. <laughs> I, if I remember correctly at the time, you were in the middle lane ranting about the Zimbabwean cricket team. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to stand by this. We were only talking about the Zimbabwean cricket team because we went underneath the tunnel that is the only tunnel in the UK that's got a cricket club on top of it. That's why I would have been talking about cricket. <laughs> no, it wasn't. We, they, they were very, there were two very, there were two different cricket conversations. <laughs> right. Okay. The other one was like Bellend Cricket Club, wasn't it? Bell Common, exactly. Which is near the M11, which is the example I just gave for why I got undertook. So I'm going to stand by my answer there. Okay, Tim, you have been answered. Yeah. Uh, should we do uh, the next challenge? No, I'm going to go back to Tim. I drive with the cruise control on. I set it to 70 and I always make sure I'm in the optimum lane. It's kind of like driving on a motorway as if you're in a Space Invaders game. And if, some, if suddenly you start coming up someone's ass, then you go into the next lane because you've got the cruise control on. You know you're in the right speed. They're the one doing the wrong speed. And then when you pass them, you come back in to the inner ring. So episodes three and four... Take it away. Remind the audience what this challenge was. The challenge was to prove that there are quicker ways of getting from London to Manchester than the sexy three times an hour tilting express train, uh, and that I was suggesting that you could get there quicker by travelling south from London to Southampton and getting on a plane from Southampton to Manchester. What did you enjoy most about the, the journey that we embarked on? Because it was a journey... Flapjacks. Like, the flapjacks. <laughs> I feel like you're trying to lead me somewhere. What's going on? I'm not trying to lead you anywhere. Those flapjacks were good, though, they weren't, weren't they? They were good, yeah. Um, can we talk about the victor? Us. Can we talk about Jemima? Well, Jemima was there first, yes. Yes. Why were you so rude and horrible to her? Who's that come from? Oh, that's, that's just me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel like it was rude or horrible to her. Um, on the challenge, and you get... Oh, I, look, you get this. You get this from people. Sometimes when they realise they've got an audience, they're in the public eye. You don't even need to be in the public eye. You could be at, like, a party or a bar mitzvah or whatever. Yeah. When you suddenly realise... Well, do you know what? People are finding me funny. You start to ramp things up a little right. bit, okay? And I think what happened in Jemima's case 
is I think she was beginning to like the fact that for a couple of hours of her life, she'd moved from being an intern... Right. All right, to being some kind of... Too much punch at the party. Too much punch at the party. Yeah. And was just overplaying things a little. I go back to an analogy I've used already. Jemima was merely a control in an experiment. To be a control, you just need to exist. And she had crossed the line from existing to performing. Right. And, and, and in the end, I guess she did control this, the experiment, didn't she? As in, she controlled it to the extent that she won. Well, that's contentious, and we discussed that on the day itself, in that on another given day, two factors here in play. One, you've got a control whose nan lived in Manchester, so knew more about Manchester than a normal control would. And then secondly, you and I were subject to a diversion on our train from London to Southampton, and that added time, critically would probably have meant that you and no I... No one needs be- to hear this again, Rich. <laughs> well, it's the truth. KC has been in touch with a really nice question for you. An international listener wants to know what a flapjack is. Oh, my goodness. Right, OK. Um, I've been frustrated at some of the ignorance of the internationals, but if you don't know about flapjacks, well, then this is a bit of a treat for you. Overpopulated country, frustrated with the internationals. Carry on. <laughs> Don't try... No, that's not me. That's not me. You said ten minutes ago... Yeah. This is an overpopulated country. Fact. Well, the South East is. Right, okay. Um, Flapjacks are generally rectangular um, and are made of oats, syrup, sugar... Butter. Butter. Um, That's your standard flapjack. Mm. Some may be infused with chocolate. Some may be infused with raisins and nuts, don't care for them much. Some may be the standard flapjack, but with a chocolate coating on top. Some might have caramel on top. Mm. Some might have dried fruit in. But basically, that is your flapjack. They're good, aren't they? They are. Uh, I'd love to know where... What was that lady's name? Janice? Casey. Casey, (laughs) sorry. I'd love to know what country she is from where they are so impoverished they don't have flapjacks. Good question. Casey, let us Get know. Get back to us. Uh, Casey also asks a little... Although we ain't having another one of these moratoriums, so pointless. <laughs> Casey wants to know, and maybe in this Fallout show you can answer this question conclusively, um, which station does have the most doors? Oh, you're talking about the old entrances and exits of uh, passengers, aren't you? Casey is, I think, yes. London Waterloo, the one we were at. Okay, that has the most, that has the most doors. Oh, actual doors. Do you know what? That's annoying. Uh, I'm not answering that. Because I was clear. Right. Probably is Waterloo, because you've got the most platforms there. So the trains will have more doors than others. Let's address uh, the elephant in the room. Greg has picked up on this. Six minutes into Travel Hacker 3, it became an issue for Greg. Um, (laughs) The whole thing is pointless with the cost versus cost situation as raised six minutes in. How can we justify this as an existence? What do you mean? I don't understand. Uh, what, how can we expensive? justify this as a hack? Yes. Uh, how much was Jemima's uh, single train ticket to Manchester? I don't know. 
that was 23 minutes quicker. <laughs> Only because of our divert, all right? Forget about timings, all right? I don't, okay. I don't know. Let's I... say it was a draw then. Okay. Well, it wasn't because take the delay Ignore out. Ignore that. We... Let's say it wasn't a race. Yeah. It was an, a challenge with a control. Mm-hmm. Um, one of us got to see, well, two of us got to see the beauty of our planet and our world <laughs> from the skies. All right? Air travel is a privilege. To be able to be above the clouds, to see the wonder of the world we live in. All right? There's, there's your winner. Because of our lack of planning... Rather than be flying through industrial estates in Stoke. £301.98, the flights were. Okay. The three return train tickets from Manchester... She could have stayed up there with her nan, could have been two. ...were £118.50. Right. Jemima Singles, 40 quid. Our combined trains to Southampton were 40 quid. Mm-hmm. Our, our emergency cab was 20 quid. <laughs> that was only emergency because no one picked us up. Uh, dinner for three in Manchester. Where did shouldn't we go be again? Counted, um, like, like TGI Fridays TGI or something. Fridays. Shouldn't be counted in the cost. 60 quid. Shouldn't be counted in the cost. Those fancy Marks and Spencers beers. They were good. Uh, 10 quid. Right. So the entire cost was around £525. <laughs> Not including the bits you don't want me to include. That's why earlier on we broke for an advert. Should we break for another one? Yes, I think we need to after those costings. If you're just joining us now, literally one second after that comment by Richie, we didn't sell an ad in that spot. (laughs) Yes, we did. Are we going to have an ad there? Maybe. This is the thing. If they get... Should we, should we let the listener behind the curtain here? So they get dynamically inserted. Right. So what I do is I put like a point where an ad can appear in a show. Okay, yeah. And then if an ad is sold, yeah. and it, it will sit there. How embarrassing if this goes in. out and there was no advert there. Yeah, I mean, I think the chances are probably 50-50. <laughs> but also some listeners will get an ad and some won't. Really? So Yeah, so some people... That's will, clever. Some, I know it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't technology wonderful? So some someone will be listening now thinking, you guys, what did? And someone will be thinking the same, but at least they got an ad. <laughs> I love Jaffa Cakes. They're really nice. Oh, come on, they're not paying us. Oh, OK. <laughs> Cap has been in touch. Funny name. Uh, Cap messaged me directly, like DM'd me on Twitter. Right. Uh, because they follow another show that I make. Um, I really want to listen to the Richie Firth pod. Right. Richie Firth Travel Hacker. I hack travel. But I cannot bear to hear the bile that spews from Richie's mouth when he claims to, inverted commas, win the challenge of getting to Manchester quicker. 500 quid for two people? Fuck me sideways. (laughs) And then he says he'd do it again the next day to save 20 minutes of travel time? I'm a regular listener of The Bugle, and I can't handle that level of bullshit. (laughs) Maybe I don't know what it means to hack travel. <laughs> okay. <laughs> good, good point, Cap. Who does? Let me... Uh, He's uh, not uh, done yet, but keep going. Oh, my goodness. Well, all right, let's hear him most of it, then. I fail to see the triumph encircling the M25 in less than two hours. A literal challenge to go nowhere in the middle of the night when, you know, everybody is out and taking care of the usual things. 
And I don't see the hack in paying three times as much to possibly save 25 minutes, assuming there will never again be a train or airline delay. Right. Um, let me speak directly to this Cap character. Obviously, what's going on, he, he loves listening to The Bugle, a satirical com- comedy podcast, and has fired up thinking he's some kind of blooming in his lot, all right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> just put your cynicism to one side... And, and ask yourself this. If you have been proven in a podcast that it can be quicker to go from London to Manchester via Southampton and you've got a business trip coming up in two months' time from London to Manchester, you might then book the travel arrangements that I've just suggested. Because you're doing it two months in advance, suddenly a whole damn sight cheaper and then it becomes a real thing. Was that me or Cap you were talking to? Sorry. What has just happened? Has my Apple Watch series just woken up? Why? I don't know. You asked a question whether it was me or Cap I was talking to. Siri thought it was her. Siri, do you recognise my voice? No, it it was obviously something you said. (laughs) I was talking to Cap. Cap? (laughs) (laughs) How Uh, much longer does this moratorium go on for? So we've got got a final bit of the Fallout show, Richie. Go on. Which is, so we've got through both of the episodes, or both of the, the travels. Yes. Uh, so we've got some general questions um, from Ollie. You'll like this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, two questions. What's your favourite service station and accompanying service station snack? What a tame question. Uh, okay. Uh, my Thanks fa- for your question. Oh, sorry. Thanks for your question, Ollie. That was a bit rude, wasn't it? I've been riled by the rest of the tone of this. Uh, uh, Ollie, thanks for your question and thanks for getting in touch. Um, my favourite <laughs> service station... Uh, can I give two as an answer? By I'm, way. I'm not the judge. Do you want me to be the judge? No, I'm going to give two. It's my podcast. It's got my name on it. Um, two, Ollie. One that I frequent frequently, which is generally what happens when you frequent something. Uh, M3 southbound at a Fleet. Uh, burnt down recently. They've had the chance. To... <laughs> They've had the chance to rebuild it, and the the phoenix from the flames has been great. It's even got a Pizza Express. <laughs> right, high end. That pizza. won't last long. <laughs> you know, he's got fake bushes and everything outside. It's beautiful. You could kid yourself. You buy Lake Garda. Um, so uh, I would say. Fleet southbound. Um, if you really want the Rolls Royce of services, though, um, it's the M6 T Bay in the Lake District because uh, it's got farm shop. It's and great, that's north isn't and it? south. Yeah, you can buy a lovely pie there. Yeah, so you've heard it first. Best services M6 T Bay. Good. Oh, best snack um, M3 Fleet Services southbound KFC. <laughs> Simple man, simple pleasures. Yeah, bonus banquet. Right. <laughs> we had a KFC before uh, the M25 challenge, didn't we? Yes, we did, yeah. yeah I've just remembered yeah. that. And they give you little wipes so you don't get a greasy steering wheel. Greasy. Yeah. Greasy? Yeah. Greasy. 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 Ben Dawson. You'll like this. You'll genuinely like this. Okay. First, I mean, you should have liked everyone. I don't know why you've got so <laughs> defensive. Uh, first off... I love the podcast. Thanks, Ben. I have something which I've been wrangling with for a little while. Okay. When I look at a map and see that Norway is only a few hundred miles from Scotland, Mm. I am frustrated by the fact that there is no scheduled ferry service 
as far as I'm aware. Mm -hmm. If I want to go to Norway and drive when I get there, I have two options in the absence of a ferry service. Mm -hmm. For me, my wife, and my two-year-old daughter. Either I fly and rent a car, or I drive all the way. All things considered, price, speed, mm -hmm. baggage capacity, mm -hmm. comfort, which should I do? Looking forward to more podcasts. Ben in Birmingham. The reason there is not a ferry is probably a reason that Ben has not taken into account, and that is the North Sea oil. Because there are so many oil rigs in between South uh, Scotland and Norway, you can't run a ferry. Why did your voice just quaver a little towards the end of that sentence? It didn't quaver. I mean, it did. It only quavered because I nearly said South End rather than Scotland, and I was realising how absurd it is. But no, uh, it, I it, smell it, sheep here. It's because this you is smell a sheep. sheep. This is a sheep anecdote. What do you mean? Do you know for a fact? That there is no ferry because of the oil rigs. Yes, absolutely. You've got the North Sea oil field, which is pretty much propping this country up. Okay, oh, that, God. that is why the uh, that is why uh, England doesn't want Scotland to have independence because suddenly we lose the oil fields. Right. It is a little known fact that uh, oil rigs drift, so you can't run a ferry service. Okay, that, that's really good. If I can offer two cents, mm -hmm. the guy lives in Birmingham. Oh, I didn't hear that bit. Why does he want to go to Norway from Scotland then? <laughs> Idiot. <I'm... laughs> anyway, thanks. thanks. Ridiculous question. Thanks for your email. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, yes, yeah, sorry. Need to be kinder. Uh, and then, Adam, this is a last one. Mm. Uh, mm. Loving the Travel Hacker podcast from Richie Firth. Thank you, Alan. The big question is. Are they going to do a Land's End to John O'Groats at some point? Well, yes, that would be great. I'd love to do that. I'd love to do that. It's, uh, what would be the point? Well, because for, for, a, a travel hack has to be a hack. Um, Land's, so think of the United... Simplify things, Rich. Think of them, it's, it's... Simplify things. Land's End to John O'Groats is south to north of the United Kingdom. It would be like driving from... Uh, the Mexican border to the Canadian border of the United States. That's it. There you go. That's good. So it's a significant British thing. Yes. A lot of cyclists especially do it. Mm -hmm. I do le jog yep. or joggle, depending on which way they go. Mm -hmm. uh, Ian Botham, I believe, has walked it before. Many times, yeah. Um, Best to do from uh, John O'Groats down to Land's End, because it's uh, more downhill. Because it's from northern Scotland. Mm -hmm. So you're walking down the earth. Genuinely, absolutely genuinely, you go more downhill if you go from uh, John de Groats to Land's End. Surely you start at sea level and finish at sea level. Uh, the sea level of John de Groats is higher because it is more northerly on the globe. Okay, I will let you into a fact. I have actually driven John O'Groats to Land's End once in a Fiat Doblo. And Is that a car? It's a, it's a multi-purpose van. Plumbers might have one. And I'm telling you, it's more downhill. I just I don't know. We try, I'm, I'm trying to think of an out to the show. And you've just left, like... 
you just you just said hi. Thanks for having us over for dinner. It there was, was so really many lovely. Times, it was so really, many what times a beautiful like, pudding. I coasted. It was really really nice. Thank you for di- just before I go. Yeah, I'm going to take a shit on your doormat and then walk out. <laughs> okay, we will. Here's a travel hack. Oh no. What's the machine that measures up and down sea level or, or, or like hills gradients? We could drive from Land's End to John O'Groats and John O'Groats to Land's End. Altometer? And I could prove that it's uh, more downhill or something like that. God. <laughs> My wife is going to kill me. <laughs> It'd take a couple of days, that. Could, do you reckon we could get both our families in and we could do it as a family trip? <laughs> it might be the only one. some kind of uh, motorhome. Yeah. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? I'd love to do Land's End to John O'Groats. I just need to work out what the hack is. I, I guess... Could you do it in a day? Could you do oh, it God. without turning the headlights God. on? Could you do what? it without turning the headlights on? What? Could you do it in one tank of fuel? Oh, God. That'd be amazing. Okay, we need to It's about 800 this. miles. We need to workshop If this. we didn't have the radio on, if we didn't have air conditioning on, if no we had the windows closed, yeah. all that kind of thing, I wonder if you could do it in one tank of petrol. You didn't put a roof box on. Didn't put a roof box on. Bicycle Drove in a really, really, really aerodynamic car. I think we've got a hat coming up here. Why don't you thank the listeners for sticking with the show this far and say say goodbye? And thank you very much for sticking with the podcast so far. I'm really, really sorry. There's been this completely unnecessary uh, post mortem that Chris has has dragged me in for. Um, but the next I episode, you were calling it a memorandum earlier on. No, that's a, a, a moratorium. Right, that's I need it. to even work out what that is. Uh, but the next episode will be episode. Five? I mean, what's this? This, this, we'll call this five. Well, it's not an episode, is it? This is Fallout Show 1, episode five. This isn't an episode. Call this 4.1. No, because then that will confuse four, because they'll think it's linked to four. Call it episode A. No, that's, uh, no, 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 just call it episode five. Okay, well, the next episode you're going to hear will be me attempting the start of a world record. I'm Richie Firth, travel hacker. I hack travel. Keep listening, keep hacking, keep travelling, keep richieing. Did you just say keep richieing? Cut that bit out. Here's an ad. Nope. <laughs> no, it's not one here. I like Jaffa Cakes. <laughs> no!